This week on Inside Motorsport, we continue our chat with James McCabe. Talk to him about his years with the Porsche Carrera Cup and also his thoughts on open wheel racing in Australia. I hope you'll stay with us. Welcome back to Inside Motorsport. I'm here with James McCabe and... After Brightech, I um, think you had something to do with this, Tony. I went to Queensland to manage Sharon Motorsport through through an introduction that you made. Yep. And um, well, I was a couple of years up there. Started off doing fly-in, fly-out, and then they wanted me to go full-time, so I went up there in mid-fall of must have been 2006. I was full-time up there, and again, the family stayed in Macus Marsh, and then... They moved up at the start of, what did we do? Oh, we did the Bahrain 24-hour race at the start of 2008. Family moved up straight after that, and then that was the final year of Sharon Motorsport. They petered out in the middle of the year. But this time, you know, I'd moved the family. The kids were all in new schools, and the house down in the marsh had been leased, and so my wife put a foot down and said, well, now we stay until the kids finish school. I could see where she was coming from. Um, trouble was, there wasn't a lot of work in Queensland, so I spent the next probably six years travelling a lot to, to work. But um, yeah, from a, certainly from the perspective of the kids and the family and that, that was certainly the, the right thing to do. So uh, I've got no regrets about that either, to yeah. be honest. Um, so after the, the demise of Sharon Motorsport, I resurrected Race Engineering Services, which is a company that I had when I wasn't working, I filled the gaps with this with this company, and um, from that day to this, I've, that's been my focus. I've just been do, uh, basically an engineering consultancy that works predominantly in motorsport. Still do a bit of um, subcontract work in OE manufacturer and tier one supplier type work, uh, but the primary focus of my business has been providing an engineering service to and, competitors. And you've done that across categories like sports sedans, open wheelers of different shapes and sizes? Yeah, I think I've done every category, so all the local categories except Formula V and some international, so I've done an LMP3 and Formula 4 in China, but yes, yeah, certainly sports sedans. For a period, we, I owned my own Formula 3 car, which ran in the championship here, um, and also do a little bit of design work and what have you with the main in sports sedans at the minute. Yeah. So. Well, you've been involved in Pete Dillman and Grant for some years. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've done all of Peter Dillman and Simon Copping's work since about 2003. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, you know, that's been Formula Ford, and Mini and Challenge. Yeah, a few sports and championship trophies there. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've won, I'm proud to say I've won races in every category I've competed in and we've won championships in most of them. So, uh, certainly with Dormans, we've picked up two or three, three, I think, sports sedan championships yeah. and been runner up in, you know, probably five or six of them, I think. And, and again, that's so it's been with Grant in Fort, well, firstly with Peter in V8s, then Grant, Formula Ford, and Mini Challenge, and sports sedans, you know, a couple of different sports sedan cars as well. So, yeah, it's been quite 
quite satisfying. Obviously, COVID's had a big impact on you not being able to travel out of Victoria. You've still been involved this year in motorsport? It's had a huge impact. Started, I started the year, you know, we did some testing and I was running a TCR car for Ash Seward at the Grand Prix. Yep. So we got sent home from that. I did the second Sydney Motorsport Park round for V8s in, with a Super 2 car. That was? Uh, Tyler Everingham. Tyler's that's, a that's go-kart kid, isn't he? Hmm? Is Tyler a go-kart kid? He was, yeah. 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 He'd run uh, quite a lot of New South Wales karting yeah. and stuff. He did, he did some Formula 4 as well. Super 3 with Matt White. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then he obviously had the crash at Bathurst in the 12-hour. Yeah. So... In terms of, of actual work, that's what I've done this year. You know, I've done an awful lot of uh, training, and developing some of the race engineering tools that I've been working on. So I've been, been quite busy, but I just it hasn't been work in the traditional sense where you do something and someone pays you for it. The way in which uh, open wheel racing in particular has evolved over the last well, 10, 20 years, Formula 4 for instance, yeah, well, you know, we're discussing uh, subjects very close to my heart here, Tony. Um, you know, open wheel and sports car racing's pretty much the things that started me, or got me involved in the sport in the first place. And um, uh, at the time of the introduction of Formula 4, I actually owned a Formula 3 car that uh, I was running for various people. I'd been involved in Formula 3 as a category for a couple of years by then, and also Formula Ford. Formula 4... <laughs> Uh, it, it was troubled from the very beginning. Um, the understanding that the people at Motorsport Australia, CAMS, whatever, had of the cost of running in the categories was um, just fr- frankly incorrect. Yeah, what they actually had at the time of the introduction of Formula 4 was quite a good system where we had Formula Ford, which was very strong at the time, had national series, had a number of different manufacturers, quite a lot of freedoms to work with the cars, let the drivers understand you know, how to set cars up, especially coming from carts, you know, they, they had to learn about weight transfer and the transition from a cart to a car, and it was the ideal car to do it with. In my opinion, it was on the wrong tyre and should have always been on a slick. That, that's about the only negative comment I would have to say about Formula Ford. I think it's a fantastic category. And, you know, on, to follow on from that, we had Formula 3, which was one generation old of European cars, which were very cost-effective to run, uh, despite rumours to the contrary, but um, I don't know where they where those numbers came from. But anyway, the, the powers that be decided that Formula Fords were too expensive and Formula 3 was obviously much more expensive again. So they were quoting outrageous numbers like $250,000 a season to do Formula Ford. And while I wouldn't deny that you could spend $250,000, you just certainly didn't have to. You certainly didn't have to, to be you know, in a winning car and a winning team. One of the things, just on that very point, because yep. I remember talking to people about it, and I always remember both, say, Ash Seawood and, uh, and uh, Mike Ritter. Mike Ritter, yeah. Um, that it always seemed strange to me that they, CAMS, at that stage as it was, not Motorsport Australia, but CAMS didn't really bother talking to them until after they'd made the decision. So it was post the decision on going to Formula 4 that they involved the people who actually worked in the business. 
Um, but the strangest thing I felt about it was that, yes, while the price of doing a Formula Ford championship had skyrocketed, yes, one yeah. of the reasons was because they were on the bloody supercar V8 bandwagon and the teams were having to travel to Perth and Darwin. So yeah. that a very large part of your, your annual bill was in travel and accommodation. And, and, the, and the cost, the direct cost of V8 supercars and V8 supercar television, which yeah. which added considerably to the media costs. Yeah. Um, and look, ultimately, you know, say you were quoted one hundred and eighty thousand dollars or something to do to do the year. Um, so you come out of carts. Dad's put his hundred and eighty up. You go running, and you're not you're not as competitive as you thought. So you go to Sonic, Michael or somebody, and say, yeah, why isn't he winning? And Michael says he needs more time in the car, which is 100% the truth. So Dad goes, all right, well, we'll do more testing. So, yeah, that tended to cause the cost to creep. But whilst the costs were going up, the driver and, and whoever was paying were getting value for their money. Um, you know, there is no, no, um, yeah, there's really no substitute for seat time in turning, turning competitive drivers. Next week on part four with James McCabe, we look at the state of open wheeler racing in Australia and some of the mistakes that have been made in trying to build open wheel racing up once again. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.